everyone and welcome back to another episode of Napchat. I of course wanted to say thank you so much for tuning back in again and again and again. Y'all already know that life has been lifing but overall I have been in good spirits just trying to keep my vibration high keeping it raised in this crazy ass world we are all witnessing right now. I won't get too much into that because this ain't that today, but I just hope that you all are doing well too, and we're going to push past as we always do. So before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let everybody know that Spotify, I did check and Apple Music does not have this feature yet, but my Spotify listeners, Spotify now has a feature for podcasts where you can submit um to questions and answers and polls and we can stay connected with one another and build connections so look out for a question or two that will be added to this episode i would love to hear from y'all i want to talk to y'all of course and and keep an interaction so i want to preface by saying i always have a running list of subjects to address on here but this one came to me more recently I have been really enjoying all the ways that I have been moving my body, the types of benefits that I have been getting from that, if it's spiritually, mentally, physically, or all three at once. So we're going to talk today about movement. We're going to talk today about the gym, the struggles of going to the gym. It's my hair at a gym, baby, because it can't be both. And on that note, let's get into today's conversation. So I already kind of gave you guys a little bit of a foreshadow of what this episode will be about. We are hitting the ground running Usain Bolt full. This is this is figuratively and literally. So I recently had read an article by the Wake Forest University of Medicine about hair care um, practices and how they serve as a barrier to physical activity with black women. Just for a little background though, the study was a total of about 123 black women from ages 21 to 60, so a pretty decent range. And then also it was around 103 women completed the questionnaire. So after the research was analyzed, they determined that 50, 50, not one five baby, 50% of black women changed their hairstyles to accommodate exercise and nearly 40% of black women completely avoid exercise at times due to their hair related issues. Now, while y'all are digesting that quantitative information, let me make something crystal clear. I am in no way shaming black women, black films, black people for not exercising due to their hair. Trust me, I've been there. Because my hair used to be relaxed when I was fried, dyed, and laid to the side. The gym wasn't seeing me in a 50-mile radius in all directions. North, south, east, west, northeast, north. It wasn't seeing me. I was not touching a treadmill. I was not resisting a band. I was not pushing an up. You wouldn't catch me anywhere near the gym. And with the way that inflation is beating our ass and winning... I completely understand why some of us avoid the gym like the plague because of how much time, because of how much money is being spent on the bus down 30 inch middle part or the soap press. I'm I'm telling y'all, we're seeing eye to eye right now. But on the same hand, I think that 
in life in general and specifically with our hair that we have to embrace redirection if you haven't already listened to that episode take you some time turn on the car put the thing on put the airpod do whatever you need to do and listen to my episode about re um embracing redirection i can't talk right now it's it's early it's 10 44 that's not really early but we push past um, but also we just need to be able to better embrace redirection, better embrace rediscovery, particularly when it comes to hair solutions that will work so we are able to stay active. I understand that there is such a larger conversation around black women in their hair, but taking some of that energy that you are using for your hair and putting it into other aspects of your life can give you those same benefits. So it's really all about priorities. What matters to you more? Though I know hair can be strongly linked to your mental state, that's what my last mini episode was about. If y'all haven't listened to it already, I told y'all I had them days. It's just one of them days where I wouldn't even go get the mail. So I'm speaking to you. I'm looking directly in your eyes and your corneas. We've all been there. But I have personally been decentering my hair in the conversation of my physical appearance and using my hair as a way to determine if I look cute and I'm putting this in air quotes or ugly. That does not mean I'm out here looking any type of way. So don't scoop my word. But I no longer allow the mental barrier of how I think other people view me at the gym, how the people see me and my hair or the mental boundaries that have been set through society and I have to stop those because I want to be able to move my body and I will not allow the opinions of others to overtake mine. I am above nobody and nobody is above me. So I want to use my own knowledge, my own wisdom and my own opinions to continue to do what works for me because that's all that really matters in the end anyway is working with yourself and finding things that work for you and that very much may differ from what others do. And I am so grateful. I want to express gratitude for all the women who have came before me and the wisdom that they have put out into the world about learning how to take care of your natural hair while you're exercising, while you're moving, while you're in um, high intensity exercises, whatever you want to call it. So let's get into what I do. Maybe you can draw some inspiration from this. Take whatever you need and leave whatever you do not need. So on my heavier gym days where I'm doing cardio, I'm doing high intensity interval training or I'm strength training and my natural hair is out like I'm not in a protective style, I mini pineapple my hair. So in general, I mini pineapple my hair. I've talked about that before in a episode maybe on season one about just my overall hair care routine i mini pineapple my hair so mini pineappling is when you divide your hair into about three four plus sections um to keep your curls intact so i have coarser hair i have 4b 4c hair my hair is not able to be put into one large pineapple if i sleep on my hair in one large pineapple it will not move when i take the band off it will not move after i take the scarf off my head will be completely flat in the back and i will look I won't look too good. So like I don't, I have found something that works for me. 
Mini pineappling is just as effective as wearing one big pineapple. Maybe you have shorter hair. I see that pineappling with one is usually something that a lot of people with looser hair textures do, people with longer hair textures do. And you already know, our hair grows towards the sun, which is beautiful, and I love it. So my hair has to be put into smaller sections to maintain my curls. Then I will wrap a thin, long scarf around the perimeter of my hair almost acting like a sweatband in a way and I make sure to wash it weekly don't be chewing me up because you haven't washed your edge scarf in three weeks and your forehead looks like a crunch bar don't you dare come in my dms like I thought that you said yeah and I thought I told you to use some tie to go ahead and wash that once a week if not more, especially if you are a person that perspires very easily. I don't perspire as easily, so I don't have to wash mine as often, but I make sure at least I'm washing it once a week. And finally, I put my bonnet on top. I slap that mug on like a salvation. I'm a soldier because let's remember, once you are done working out, your pores on your head are open. Your head is most likely wet from sweating. Your roots are wet. And I'm not trying to be wheeled off in the gurney from getting pneumonia or a head cold, especially during the winter. Y'all, this is just a little tidbit. One time I was wearing Bantu knots. It was probably like, I don't know, January. Y'all already know. If you live in Ohio, you know the weather is asinine. One day it's 70 degrees. Or really in the morning it'll be 70. And then by 5 o'clock it's 2 degrees. So I went to the gym. I was leaving the gym. I just got done doing a workout. I was, you know, we getting to it. Yeah, okay. I walked out there. That wind slapped the back of my neck and my scalp with the force of 300 slaves. I've never been so confused in my life. I'm like, why did I not bring my bonnet? So now when I go to the gym, I don't care if it's summer. I don't care if it's winter. I don't care if it's the little bit of fall that we got or spring. My bonnet is on my head because I have to protect my head. Your head contains a lot of heat. So if you're out here and letting the wind blow any type of way between your scalp, you can go ahead and expect to meet me in room three because we're going to check you in. We're going to get your wristband and you're going to get your gown because you're going to be sick, okay? Um, I can't put on a scully or a beanie because, one, they're cotton. Two, my hair does not fit underneath a scully or a beanie. And me and my folks, me and my people, we, we don't mix with cotton and never have. Figuratively and literally. We don't do that. So we're going to tell Monique in the bonnet patrol to go to hell. Put your bonnet on. If you keep it on at the gym, that's your business. If you take it off at the gym, I use it as pretty much like a hat. I just put it on when I go to the gym. And then when I get to the gym, I take it off. And when I have it in protective style, like braids or locks, I just tie a satin scarf around my head and put a bonnet on top if the weather is permitting. But I won't usually layer the two of them if I don't have to because I do have it in a protective style. Um, but I want to make sure that my scalp is at least covered. So making sure you're getting the top portion of your head covered underneath a scarf. And then that scarf can also lay down your edges and act as a sweatband. So now that I gave y'all the D-Lo on what I do with my hair... I will pass on the good knowledge that I have learned from other black women that work out. Um, there's a couple hacks. There's plenty of things I'm sure you can do or find. Because like I said to begin with, this is all about finding what works for you. So if you figure out something that works, like, oh, 
I can do this, this or that, or this, this or that. Just implement it into your routine and then tell other people if it's a helpful thing. Um, but one of the first ones that I learned was from one of my favorite YouTubers. Her name is Beautiful Brown Baby Doll. Some of y'all might be hip to her. I love her. She's almost like one of my internet aunties. Um, I love getting inspiration from all ages of black women. I don't just look at people my age. I also like the people who are younger than me and older than me because you can learn from literally anyone um, about hair sweat. So this tip saved my life because I have always had a sensitive scalp and having such thick hair is very difficult to maintain. Um, so after you get done, you killing it in the gym, you will just need a blow dryer in about five minutes. So one by one, take out your pineapples, take out your ponytails, whatever braids, whatever you did and remove your scarf. And if you're in a protective style, just blow dry your roots. So make sure you are not N-O-T, K-N-O-T, whatever way you want to say it, combing your hair or manipulating your hair in any way after you get done exercising. That is almost bigger than the actual blow drying part. And it's really a tip within itself. This is if you're relaxed. This is if you have a silk press. This is if you are natural. Do not pick your roots. Do not comb your hair. Don't start fluffing your, don't do, don't touch it. Just take out the pineapples, blow dry your roots and put it back in the pineapple so you can get home. Um, and then you can do your hair. But do not manipulate your hair a lot when it is wet. Because when you manipulate your hair when it is wet, especially at the roots, you are going to cause a ton of frizz. So if you are a person that doesn't mind frizz, then, then let's get to it. But I value volume, but I value definition the most with my natural hair. So I do not touch my hair. I'm not separating parts. I'm not doing anything if my hair is wet, is damp, no nothing. Water, sweat, and natural hair just leads to a bunch of styles dropping. Same thing if you're relaxed, if you had a silk press. Don't be running no combs. Don't run that rat tail through that head. Don't you run that rat tail through that head. Don't do it. And another one that might be more well-known is scheduling your wash days or hair maintenance days around your workouts. Now, I know you just rolled your eyes. I can literally see you popping that tongue through the I can see it. And you probably have your thumb hovering over the pause button, but please hear me out first. This does not mean that you have to turn your days, your schedules, your morning routine, whatever you do, all around in order for this to work. It can be as simple as just shifting what days you do certain levels of intensity workout. So it's more so taking your gym days and switching them around than taking your rest of your days that aren't at the gym and switching them around. It can be as simple as doing HIIT or any high intensity cardio, you're doing Zumba, you're doing hot yoga, you're doing Pilates, etc. on days that are close to the weekend, like Friday or Thursday, if wash days for you typically land on the weekend. My wash days are at 6 a.m. sharp every Saturday. So like I, and I also have found what works for me, so I'm able to not have to shift my days around. But if you are a person that really values having a clean scalp, you, for whatever reason, want your hair to be washed soon after you work out, you're having heavy 
workout days, very intense workout days, I would definitely recommend leaving those intense days towards the end of the week or closer to your wash day. Um, So you have the ability to cleanse your hair within the next couple of days, if not the same day. So prioritizing other types of workouts or movement like yoga that isn't as heat building, it's also easier to maintain until wash day. So if you're trying to get into something that isn't as high intensity, you can do yoga, you can do Pilates. Pilates can be high intensity depending on what you are doing, but there are other ways, take a walk, there's other ways to move your body that don't include like high levels of sweating. I done gave y'all the tips. I done gave y'all the keys. I want you to take what you need and and let's let's get to it. Let's get it cracking. But for the main portion of this episode, I am so very excited to talk about this because this starts to include the spiritual, the holistic wellness aspect of working out, aspect of moving your body and how much you are able to process, how much you are able to learn from moving your body in so many different ways. Um, So this is my experience with healing through movement and practicing mindfulness. So I've dropped the gems and statistics. Let's let's get into the other aspects. So when I was younger, all throughout my childhood, I was active. If that was from riding bikes, if that was from walking outside with my friends, you already know, you were preteen, you used to walk outside with your friends, the bikes were for the kids. We're walking outside with the, the Aeropostale on, we're walking outside with the the Harajuku, but we're, we're walking outside with the big, the big brangles. We were doing that. You wanted to be seen as a 12 year old. There was no more bikes. That was for little kids. And now we're in preteen world. Um, and I was also even a cheerleader for a year. I know y'all are like now girl, especially if you didn't know me in high school, you probably like now a cheerleader of what? Yeah. I also did not know what I was doing. You guys can tell sometimes in episodes how monotone I am. I, it was just for experimentation. Um, and I also ran track in junior high. So as I got older, I had realized that I am a creator after running them long distance, running them 400, four by fours, doing all that mess and seeing I had zero endurance and that being athletic was in those aspects were not my cup of tea. I stopped. And I leaned more into the artistic side of myself, which is what I am now. Um, Y'all already know. In all aspects, but primarily, I love to paint, crochet. I love to doodle, ceramics. And y'all already know I'm a designer by day, so on and so forth. I just love creation and all its forms. Those things are and were an outlet for me to express myself and learn. But now that I am slightly older... I've began to integrate physical movement to express myself as well. Um, Meditation was like my first introduction to holistic movement and how powerful your breath is when it comes to coping and getting through difficult moments. I've been meditating for about, mm, I would say around like two-ish years consistently. And I know that you're probably wondering like, how was meditation? Okay. When you're sitting healing through movement and you're sitting stoically on the floor meditation does not have to be still that is the way that people commonly associate meditation with but there are actually so many ways that you were able to meditate and practice mindfulness while moving your body 
Also, meditation is a practice of exercising your mind, um, which is just as, if not more valuable than physically moving your body, in my opinion. Thich Nhat Hanh, um, one of our ancestors now, he was a very popular peace activist and Buddhist monk, a great author and such a light that provided so much wisdom and information out into this world. If you have or if you are interested in Buddhism, if you are interested in mindfulness, I would recommend his book, You Are Here. I would recommend, um, he has a book about the the heart of the Buddhist teachings. That's also a great book about introduction to Buddhism. If you are interested in that, he just overall has great work, regardless of if you associate with Buddhism or religion in general. I would recommend his work because mindfulness can be practiced regardless of what you believe in. He always advocated for walking with reverence and being mindful and aware of every step that we take so we can remind ourselves that we are present and we are alive. And then through meditation, that led me to yoga. And I have been in love with yoga ever since I started. Yoga is heavily based in breath work, especially depending on the types of yoga there are. I'm not going to talk y'all head off about the 800 types of yoga because there's like Kudalini, there's Hatha yoga, there's Raja yoga, there's restorative yoga. There's so many different types of yoga. I focus a lot more, I would say, on Hatha yoga. I do like restorative yoga, but I just like incorporating breath work into my yoga. Oh, I also love vinyasa yoga. That's probably the most frequent type of yoga flows that I do. Um, and using your breath to genuinely just control your mind. Breathing can allow you to overcome inhibitions and ultimately make progress. And this can be with situations on and off the mat. When I am dealing with stressful situations, rather that be with work, relationships, or overall life, I try to lean into my breathing. One of the few things that I'm able to control is my breath. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that when I am in situations where I am trying to control things that are without, like they're without, I can't do anything about them. But what I can do, I can control my reactions and I can control the way that I act with the things that go on around me. When I first started practicing yoga, I was, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I was intimidated. I was seeing people bending, twisting, flipping, fly. I did not know I was not super flexible and I wouldn't have considered myself to be a super active person. I just told y'all I used to be sweating, heaving like Patrick in the dome when Sandy took all the water out and he was tired. Um, I used to be like that. I used to be bent over, running, basically walking, speed walking, because I could not, I couldn't do it. I did not build a certain level of endurance. So I already had been slightly discouraged about working out or about being more active. Um, so I started slow. I was doing five to 10 minute flows and trying to remind myself to release judgment and not compare myself to the instructor or others. When I first started doing yoga, I remember I used to look at yoga sequences on Reddit. I wasn't looking at physical YouTube instructors until probably, I don't know, maybe like five months after that. I was just following the sequences that I would find on charts, on instructionals. Um, but then I, once I found a couple black yogis, and I will recommend them all to you right now, and I will also leave their YouTube links in the show notes. 
One is Ariana Elizabeth. She is absolutely amazing. Very, very just graceful woman. She has such a wide variety of videos. I love Ariana Elizabeth. She's one of my favorite black yogis. And then we have um, Yogi with Nico. She is amazing. She is my favorite because she also does a lot of chakra um, rooted flow. She does a lot of stuff with the moon cycles. I really love doing full moon and new moon yoga. I also like doing crown chakra practices, you know, sacral, all that. So she has a ton of those videos. Like I said, the links will be down below. And then also she is not black, but her name is Yoga with Bird. She is also an amazing, amazing instructor, very gentle. She has such a soothing voice. I love also working with her, watching her videos. And she is the first person that I found that actually recommended me to watch Arn Elizabeth. And then I also found Yoga with Nico through Yoga with Bird because she has a playlist on her YouTube channel that is for BIPOC, for Black, Indigenous, People of Color, um, yoga instructors. Because y'all already know it's few and far especially when it comes to black films being yoga instructors of all sizes of all sexualities etc um it's really hard to find black yogis but i promise you that it's something that i genuinely 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 recommend is seeing somebody that looks like you if you are interested in yoga and learning from them and and being beside them as you are practicing yoga um also just know that it'll take time to find something that will work for you and that something might be the exact opposite of what's trending on TikTok or what's trending on Instagram, on social media in general, or just is associated with traditional exercise. So, you know, traditional exercises like cardio, running, walking, um, strength training, lifting weights as traditional exercise, but there's so many other ways to move your body. I know girls who literally love to dance. I'm not saying professionally, they literally just like to dance in their house. Dancing is absolutely a form of exercise and one of the ultimate forms of surrendering. And I also love to dance. I love moving my body. If I don't want to bring out my mat, I don't want to go to the gym. I will turn on some music. I'm turning on some reggaeton. I'm turning on some reggae. I'm turning on any type of music that's going to make me feel good. And once you start hearing that music, I'm telling you, something just takes over your body. Dancing is just such a beautiful form of movement. I don't care if you can't dance. I dance in my room. Y'all ain't seeing me dancing. Do I look like a fool? I'm sure I do. My FBI agent is laughing at me through my computer, but I'm going to dance it out. And sometimes that's all you can do. Music in general is healing, but I'll leave that for a different conversation for a different time because I will talk about music for hours. Um, and let me just touch on that real quick. Whatever types of movement you use to process and decompress are yours only. I keep saying that because it is so important to not compare yourself to others. Do what makes you feel good. There's beauty in differences and we learn more about ourselves when we are able to separate ourselves from the pressures of our external environment. That includes social media. That includes your friends. You can embrace that your friends, maybe they like to bicycle. Maybe they like to swim. Maybe they like to run. 
and you like to dance, you like to do yoga, Pilates, there is beauty in the differences. You can learn from one another. There doesn't need to be a need for anybody to conform to what the other is doing or to get the results that somebody else is getting. You don't have to do that. Do what works for you because that's ultimately what will keep you doing it. That's sustainable. Yoga and honestly just spirituality in general is for you to mold. It ain't the business of others. It is not the business of other people. If you are a more open person, that's great and fine. But there is no pressure. There is no pressure to compare yourself, to tell others what you are doing with your spiritual aspects of learning and rediscovering yourself. That is for you. Have that level of boundary. Have that level of sacredness with yourself so you are able to disconnect when need be and prioritize yourself. I feel like within the last... Mm, about six months, I have unlocked a whole other realm of benefits for my practice. And I've been at it for about three years. I started also incorporating books, yoga books into my practice. I wouldn't consider it to be physical, but it also helps me a lot with learning other mudras for learning different types of yoga, for learning breathing techniques. Um, and those things all add up to when I do get on the mat. So I have been enjoying expanding my knowledge of yoga, even through just reading. Um, really just centering my breath as the basis of the flow allows me to stretch deeper and allows me to achieve poses I never thought I could. I'm telling y'all, if y'all, the FBI agent got the tape. So go ahead and email them and ask for those. because I'm sure he has a nice compilation by now. If y'all could have seen me in 2020 when I was doing yoga, oh, it was bad. I know I look like a fool. The girls didn't even have a mat. I was on carpet. I'm exposing myself right now so y'all don't have to do it. I was on carpet. There was no mat of no kind. The mat was my feet in the beige carpet underneath. So I didn't even have a mat. So I was just really just going with the flow and to an extent I'm glad that I did because as time went on I bought a mat I have blocks I have a resistance band I have a bolster you work your way up to those levels you don't have to start full force because sometimes that can be very intimidating that can be scary you bought all this equipment and now you're ready to use it all to its full extent and you don't even know how to do downward dog yet no don't do that it just really coincides with emotional intolerance. And yoga has taught me that through my body, allowing myself to breathe through poses when I'm feeling off balanced or tight, carry on into other aspects of my life. I might get tattooed on my head at this point, everything is everything, because it really is. Things that you do in certain aspects of your life will always carry over. You could always draw wisdom. You could always draw knowledge from other parts of what you are doing. The uncomfortability that I feel when I do certain poses translates to when I am uncomfortable in situations in my real life, at my job, around people I know, around people that I don't know, and just dealing with others and experiencing my emotions and being able to sit being able to breathe, because let me tell y'all something. One thing that's going to have me sweating, that's going to have me pulsating, vibrating at a very high frequency, not literally, but, well, literally, but not figuratively, I'm on vibration, is chair pose, Udakasana. 
I literally, the whole body is like, I feel like I'm a phone, I'm an iPhone. Somebody's calling me. My thighs are vibrating. I have to breathe through certain poses, having to build leg strength, having to build arm strength. Six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, I could not do chaturanga. That wasn't seeing me at all. I could not do push-ups. I had no upper body strength. But allowing myself to release judgment, one, and two, to breathe through poses when I am holding them, I'm telling you, that sounds so simple and it sounds like, girl, that does not work. It really does. And when you use that certain level of knowledge when it comes to breathing through your emotions, if you are experiencing sadness, loneliness, if you are experiencing anger, allow yourself to sit with your emotions. If you learn nothing else from this episode but two things, to breathe, remember to breathe, and allow yourself to sit with being uncomfortable is what I really want to stress because that goes into working out. When I am using larger weights, I'm trying to figure out what I want to go to next to build my strength, to build my endurance. I have to sit with being uncomfortable. Can I adjust the reps? Sure. Can I adjust the weight? Sure. But at a certain point, I have to deal with the fact that this is going to be uncomfortable a little bit because I'm using new, I'm using bigger weights. I'm using newer things. Um, And same thing when I strength train or do longer cardio sessions, sometimes I really think that that weight's going to fall directly on my foot. My toe's going to be big and purple and I'm going to be done. Um, And granted, I'm not telling you to just breathe through something that's making like actually physically hurting or straining you or is painful. Y'all know I'm a perfectionist. And when I start new things, I wanted to start lifting more weight or I'm doing new poses. I'd be sliding down the wall crying if it's not right after the first try. And I know some of y'all done been there right with me. We holding hands right now. We're in a circle. You get it. I literally don't want to try new things at times because I'm like, if I don't get this right, I'm going to be pissed. And you have to give yourself grace and time to build up a tolerance to more intermediate and advanced things. A lot of cliche things, they have truth to them. I'm sorry. Embrace your journey. Embrace the moments where you're only able to hold a pose. You're only able to lift 10 pounds. Embrace those moments. That does not mean that you will stay stagnant in that forever. That in itself is practicing mindfulness, seeing how far you've come, and genuinely hyping yourself up for prioritizing yourself and your self-care. And that's all I have for today's episode. I really hope that y'all enjoyed this conversation with me because this is one of my favorite topics to talk about and has really made a difference for the best in my self-rediscovery. I have included links and sources in the show notes from things that I was referencing and also a couple book recommendations and the YouTubers that I had mentioned. Um, If you are interested in furthering your yoga journey or just reading more about the studies of black women and exercising, we cite our sources over this way. We don't do all that. We do the MLA. We do the APA Chicago. I don't, we're not disinforming folks. I'm not trying to pull the wool over nobody's eyes. But once again, thank you all for tuning in and make sure you tap in with me via my socials and answer those questions I left for the episode. I want to connect with more y'all. 
And on that note, I love y'all and I will talk to you later. Bye.